Hi, everyone. This is Gideon Fiddlesite, Editorial Director, Custom at PR Week. It is my pleasure to welcome you to today's podcast. Living more sustainably is an aspiration for almost everyone. Study after study tells us consumers want to make choices that are better for people and the planet. But there's a big gap between intention and action. And there are other gaps, too, that are preventing the necessary actions from being taken. We're actually calling this podcast Environmental Sustainability, Closing the Intention to Action Gap. And we really, really feel that this podcast is going to achieve that goal. Why I feel so confident about that, the two amazing leaders that I have joining me today. Lisa Unsworth, Managing Director at Porter Novelli, who leads the agency's purpose and impact practice in North America, and Sandy Skies, EVP and Global Lead of Purpose and Impact at Porter Novelli. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Good to be here. More and more brands are starting to realize that in order to truly move the needle on environmental sustainability, it's not only about what they do as a brand, but what they can inspire their consumers to do. Some fascinating recent research has been done by Porter Novelli on this very matter, and we're going to be drilling deep into that today. In the process, you will gain a better understanding of how brands can drive more sustainable consumer behavior. This podcast is really special because it will speak to all of you out there listening as both communicators and citizens of the planet. I think you're really going to be inspired by Sandy and Lisa, so let me get on with our main event today so that I can give them a chance to do just that. Sandy, I'm going to start with you. Last month, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Porter Novelli came out with a really fascinating report called The Gap Between Say and Do, the Sustainability Engagement Spectrum. As I read it, there were so many data points that really caught my eye. I'm just going to share one of them right now. 84% are extremely or somewhat concerned about the impact of climate change on the future of the planet. It's a big number, 84%. However, only 26% of that 84% who claim that concern would be willing to make major lifestyle changes to protect the planet. Again, big gap between intent and action or say and do. Actually, the truth is it's a chasm, not a gap, right? So it's also just one example of the incredible research your agency did. So I want to turn it over to you, talk a bit more about the research, why it was conducted, and just so on. So Sandy, the floor is yours. Great. Thanks, Gideon. Let's just take a step back. I've been doing sustainability and climate work for almost two decades now, and we've actually been studying consumer attitudes about sustainable products, climate-friendly products, et cetera, for, for the same amount of time. And this research is different because most of the time we've been testing what are consumer attitudes about purchase. And what we wanted to uncover was consumers' willingness to change behaviors, less about what products they might buy, more about what are they willing to do. And so we explored, there are nine sustainable behaviors that an organization that we belong to called Sustainable Brands has researched. And if we could get all of humanity to do these nine behaviors consistently, we would materially impact the climate uh, effects that we're all feeling every day. And we will build a more equitable society. It's things like uh, show up and vote. It's supporting women and girls. But there were four that we looked at specifically that had to do with products. It was uh, plant-based products, eating less meat. That's one. The second was uh, buying durable products, making them last longer. 
Um, the third was reusing and not just recycling, but uh, circularity, the idea of continuously using products. And the last was buying products that are better for the environment. And what we wanted to understand is of all those things, what kinds of behaviors would people, would people be willing to do? And I'm going to, um, I'm going to flip your, um, characterization of those numbers just a little bit. As I mentioned, we've been studying consumer behavior and consumer attitudes for almost two decades around sustainability. And the thing that was is the most striking to me is, is two things. One, only 4% indicated they were unconcerned about the environment, the planet, or um, our climate. 4%, which is a rounding error in almost any survey. For t- almost two decades, we've seen that percentage stay stubbornly at like 12 to 20% and a significant drop down to 4%. So that tells us that everyone's concerned. The other thing I would challenge is your characterization that the 26% willing to make a major lifestyle change as small. It's actually quite substantial when we look at how this research has played out over time, um, that's actually a fairly significant number of people ready to make major lifestyle changes, which frankly is what we need. That's things like buying an EV, putting solar on your roof, maybe uh, switching out and becoming a vegetarian or vegan. These are major lifestyle changes that they're willing to do and take, uh, take action on. Clearly, the dog was trying to tell me, see, Gideon, you were wrong in what you said. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, my apologies. Um, my apologies. No, please. You never, please. In this day and age, dogs, I wouldn't recognize a podcast if a dog wasn't barking at this point. <laughs> so, um, but the, the truth the truth is, is that, no, you know what? Obviously, Sandy, I defer to your expertise here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, listen, you're right. That is that is a big number. Clearly, what I'm looking at is the 80, the difference between the 84% and the 26%. Of course. Right. So, right. Um, you know, that still does mean three quarters of the planet's not ready to make those moves yet, but that's okay. But Right. But, and that's what we're interested in, right? We're interested in how to move them. That's the behavior spectrum that we uncovered. Of course. And, you know, if I if you don't mind, actually, because um, to everyone out there, obviously, Sandy and Lisa and I, you know, spoke before for this podcast about this because this research is just, it really is fascinating. By the way, I certainly encourage all of you to go to Porter and website and take a look at this research because it really, really is interesting. Again, as communicators and as citizens of the planet, I think you're going to learn a lot from it. But, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, which again, I know this might sound funny, but it's not, is um, you, you guys were telling me about, you know, when you do, when you do the laundry, for example, use cold water instead of hot water. And that could do so much good for the planet. And I have to admit, until we had that conversation the other day, I always used the hot water when I was doing the laundry, but I didn't this time. This week I used the cold water and the, guess what? The clothes were just as dirty as they were the other way. I'm not very good at doing laundry, but that's besides the point. But it, it, but, you know, it didn't get worse, so that's a good sign. But, but, but seriously, guys, everyone out there, and it's, not just, it's not just a joke. These are the kinds of things that smart brands like the ones that work for Valley are really focusing on. It's not just about the products. It's about the behavior. It's like it's not just about the laundry detergent. It's about how you use the laundry detergent. So again, just informing consumers of what they need to do and inspiring them to really, really act sustainably, you know, and obviously changing consumer behavior is one of the bigger challenges that communicators have had. That's never, that's been, it's been so since PR was invented. And when it comes to something like the future of the planet, 
it really, really is, and it really is such a crucial part of what everyone does. And so, again, very much admire the, you know, everything Porn Valley does in this regard, and obviously the research. And I just think it's, you know, again, I just think I, I can't stress enough how impressed I am by the research and some of the really great findings. I think it's, I think, you know, I really think, it's, you know, some of this stuff can really, really move the needle. And like you said, Sandy, more than a quarter are already exhibiting this kind of behavior. So. And only 4% now are, to, are completely unconcerned about climate change and its impact on the environment. So the numbers are certainly skewing the right way. So that's a positive. They, they have a long way to go, but Rome wasn't built in a day. So anyway, I, sorry that I, I, I went off on a little bit of a, tang, a tangent there. And, that, and see, the, do, the dog is telling me to shut up now. So I'm going to go on to the next question. Excellent. Lisa. This one is for you. Perfect. Okay. The area of sustainability is a unique challenge, but also a unique opportunity for brands and their communicators. And again, among the reasons why, and we've already touched on this a couple of times today, this is about so much more than awareness. Brands that profess to be purposeful have a responsibility to get consumers to change their behavior for the sake of the planet. So as a top leader in this space, Lisa, we'd love for you to talk a bit more about what you see the communicator's role being in this area. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And and thank you so much for all the lovely praise on our work. We really appreciate it. Um, so to, to kind of unpack the opportunity, um, we did a large quantitative study with about a thousand Americans to really understand how they're engaging in sustainable behaviors today. And we developed a spectrum that had five spots on it. Um, on the, the start of the spectrum is can't, people who are unwilling to adopt any sustainable behaviors. The other end of the spectrum are the committed. Those are the vegans. Um, they've made sustainability a way of life. Um, and then in the middle, we have the casual, uh, the considered, and the conscious. So the people who are casual um, are ones who are willing to adopt simple, easy, sustainable purchasing behaviors. So when they're at the store, um, if they're seeing a product that has sustainable attributes, the price is the same, uh, it's a brand they like, they're buying it. The considered are uh, doing a little bit more. They're willing to adopt both a mix of simple, easy behaviors and changes to their routine, and the conscious are starting to adopt lifestyle changes. So the first thing that we looked at is just overall where consumers are falling across the spectrum. And what we found interestingly was like roughly uh, half of consumers sit right in the middle. Like if we were running a political campaign, we would be very excited about that because those are people who are up for grabs. They are considering a mix of easy behaviors and um, lifestyle changes. And then, you know, there are the other 50% kind of fall on either side of that. So an opportunity for change. What what we found that was really interesting is that as we asked more specific questions about actual behaviors, like, are you willing to eat more plant-based foods? Like, are you willing to uh, like engage in circularity? Are you willing to make a conscious effort to buy more durable products or more nature-friendly products? What happened is the, um, you know, the bell curve kind of like backs up. Um, so instead of like the 50% of people being in the middle, all of a sudden the bell curve kind of regresses and we see a greater number of people are falling in the can't 
and the casual categories. Um, so, uh, so there's interest, um, but when it comes to actually um, jumping in, um, they're not. And so at that point, as any good researchers, we ask the question, why? Why aren't they jumping in? And what, as you pointed out so eloquently, can we do as communicators to drive greater adoption? And I'll I'll stop there because uh, I know you'll have some thoughts and questions on that. Exactly. And, you know, um, the one other thing, again, uh, again, I have to give you kudos for this is the what, what, what I have termed, this is just my term, the five C's of sustainable behavior, the can't casual, considered, conscious and committed. And, you know, what's really, really good about that is, you know, communications just generally, no matter what the topic is, you have to understand your audience. And I think this is a really interesting breakdown of the different levels of potential openness, I suppose, for lack of a better term, to really yeah. modifying mm-hmm. behavior to be more sustainable. And again, um, what's really special about all this is that there's a clear understanding, again, of the audience, of the consumers that you're going after. And, and you know, you're never going to be able to initiate any sort of change if you don't understand what your audience is. And you kind of have to meet them where they are. So really some very, very impressive stuff. So again, once again, kudos to you guys. And um, I think part of the reason why Lisa stopped is because she knows where I'm going with the next topic, which I'm actually going to give both of you an opportunity to, to to chime in on. But we're calling this podcast Closing the Intention to Action Gap. Now, again, Porta Novelli's report has a very similar theme in its name, the gap between say and do. But what you don't know is that we almost call this podcast Solving the If I Knew I Would Dilemma. The reason we almost did that, a major reason so few are willing to make the changes needed for the sake of the planet is simply because they don't know how certain changes, even simple ones, actually impact the planet. In as much as communicators are meant to educate consumers, I give you I want to give you both the floor to discuss some of the bigger gaps in knowledge consumers have on this front. Again, I proved before in my little soliloquy there about the cold versus hot water thing, and there's a lot of other gaps consumers have. So or perhaps I can ask this even better. If you can share some things with our audience about what they don't know, that if they did know, might change the way they see things as it pertains to their daily actions and the future of the planet. I would love to, I would love to hear that. So Sandy, I'm going to start with you and then Lisa, I'm obviously going to give you, you a chance to say something as well. So Sandy, I turn it to you. Sure. Absolutely. And, and I think that let's start by saying that there's some sort of table stakes that companies need to address in developing their products and before they begin asking people to shift their daily habits or daily, you know, uh, behaviors, you know, that has to be, get priced right. They have to be able to find it and know where to get it on the grocery store shelves or online. Um, we need to be able to prove efficacy that the products, whether they're made from recycled content or they're made to last longer, that they will in fact uh, endure and last longer and continue performing well and they won't fall apart. And then the last thing is they need to under- be able to explain why this is better for the planet. So we, we, we said fundamentally brands have a responsibility just in the fun, in, in the basics, get the basics uh, at parity, but then this, if I knew I would, was very interesting. So 32% said I would eat less meat if I knew how it helped to protect the planet. 30% said, well, I would reduce the number of products I buy if I understood why hanging on to something, using it longer, shopping for durability helps protect the planet. 
This to me is fascinating. I would throw away fewer products if I knew how to extend the life of existing products. And this speaks to anyone in apparel, footwear, electronics. What people are asking is, if you show me how to repair it, if you show me how to fix it when it's broken, I'll keep using it. But I'm not sure how to do that. And so I think this is a fascinating area of opportunity for brands to explore because that's that's 38 percent. That's more than a third of people said, yeah, I, I'll hang on to something and show me how to repair it. I mean, who doesn't go on YouTube to find out how to fix something? But if the brands sort of collectively took some responsibility and, and provided that information, more and more people would keep using their things longer. And then lastly, 39 percent, almost 40 percent said, I'd use more nature-friendly products if you explain to me why they're more nature-friendly. And so this, if I knew I would, we're seeing not just which products will I buy, but what behaviors will I take in relationship with that product if I knew more about it. And I think what what we've been trying to uncover and then explain with the research is, Consumers are ready and brands can meet those consumers where they are, but no single brand, no single product can sort of carry the weight of helping customers and consumers understand what the behavior changes need to be. This is a big shift we're we're asking. Yeah, I think that's uh, when you ask Gideon about what it is that communicators can do. This is kind of like a thesis, hypothesis, provocation, if you will, that Sandy and I have been talking about. Just this idea that um, there is a gap in understanding that you should use cold water when you wash your laundry. (laughs) There's a gap in understanding benefits um, that come from some of these sustainable behaviors. There's a gap in understanding how to really participate in some of these behaviors. Um, What do the labels actually mean? And our feeling is that there is an opportunity for brands to come together cross categories and initiate some public education, um, you know, campaigns, communication that is brand agnostic, but helps to change social norms and create an environment where people know how to participate in the sustainable economy. They understand the benefits um, of using cold water. They know what circularity means. We throw all of these words around, um, but for consumers, it's not second nature. And so, you know, if you think about like large shifts, some large shifts in society, Um, everything from anti-smoking, the truth campaign really changed the way a generation forever views smoking. When I was little, we didn't wear seatbelts. And now like you would never get into your car without wearing seatbelts. Do you remember? I don't know. I'm going to like test your age. Smoke the Smokey the Bear Don't Litter campaign. Uh Like these are all great examples um, of how like great communication programs help to change social norms, shape behavior in the marketplace. And our feeling is that if some if brands can come together uh, and work on this, um, we can do two things. Number one, we can create a much larger pipeline of sustainable consumers, which will be very good for shareholders because all of these brands are working very hard on creating product in this area, but they're all going to tell you they need more, more consumers who want to buy it. So education can help create a bigger pipeline. um, And also, you know, as we all know, it will be good for the planet. 
Lisa, to build on that, you know, let's use that um, washing your clothes in cold water example. So, you know, Procter & Gamble was a leader in determining that the greatest environmental impact of washing clothes was the hot water that its consumers used. So they set their scientists off on a uh, task and said, create a formulation of the, you know, tide detergent that's going to work just as well in cold water. And so the scientists did it, but now they're left with, I have, we have the product, we've made the product, but in order for it to be its most uh, beneficial to the climate, we actually need people to set the dial on their washer to cold, not hot. You know, we, we were even talking with the head of sustainability for fabric care at Procter and Gamble. And he was saying, you know, most washers, their normal cycle is set on warm to hot. And so it's just think about the, the sort of system change that you need in place. Throw in that, that if you wash your clothes in cold water and they get as clean as they do, once you have your good uh, washing techniques, Gideon, which you claim <laughs> you don't, but we can work on that. Okay. It also extends the life of your clothing. So if we could, as a societal behavior nudge, encourage people to wash in cold, then you, all of a sudden you start seeing, well, washer manufacturers may change what is a quote normal setting on the machines that people buy. And then you could imagine clothing manufacturers saying, well, actually this means that our the the jeans or the the sweaters or the cotton shirts that you're washing because they're being washed in cold they're actually lasting longer and there's a durability it helps support their initiative for durability so you can begin to see how if we could get this in the zeitgeist as a as a behavior change on behalf of all those brands it then allows that innovation pipeline that's happening upstream in their R&D labs where they're trying to create products that are better for the climate, but they're going to require their customers to come along with them. And so that's what we're most interested in is how do we accelerate that? How do we not let only one brand have to carry the load of educating people in this new behavior change? Let's just make it part of the zeitgeist. I never thought my silly story about doing the laundry would become such a central part of the podcast, but I'm glad, it did. I'm glad it did because you know what, in a way that really, really kind of sums up everything because, you know, this is an incredible opportunity for communicators, at, you know, to really educate consumers as a communicator, that should be like the most exciting opportunity that you have. And uh-huh. the other thing that I really, really appreciate you saying in that segment just there is about the collaboration between brands. And, you know, if I could, you know, take it to the next level between agencies who work with those brands too. Sure. I mean, yeah. in another topic that is separate from what we're talking about today, but I also know it's really important to both of you as well. When we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that's another matter that in order to yes. really, really move the needle, you have to collaborate with people who or entities that perhaps in other times you wouldn't, but that's the only way that's going to change. It's got to change industry-wide. It's going to change globally. Same thing with sustainability. We only have one planet. We're all in it together. This is our home for everyone and everyone's going to kind of push together. And that's why, you know, again, when, you know, when people like Sandy and Lisa, you know, talk about this topic and they bring such incredible research to bear, I'm, I'm legitimately excited. And all kidding aside, for the rest of my life, when I do my washing cold, I'm going to remember that Sandy and Lisa from Florida Valley were the ones who really made me realize, you know what, there's a reason to do it that way. And, you know, that's really important. And I think I'm um, clearly if I could be taught that, a lot of other people can be taught that too. So the time just flew by here. And I encourage everyone out there, first of all, to definitely check out this Florida Valley research. It's out there now. It came out in October. Um, I really, really feel that 
again, as communicators and as citizens of the planet, you're really going to find it fascinating. So I definitely want I definitely encourage you all to check it out. As for today's podcast, though, Lisa and Sandy, I know how busy you are because I saw the research. I can only imagine there's like a hundred other projects somewhat similar to that that you must be working on. So I appreciate the time you took today because I know how valuable your time is. So thank you for joining me today. Thanks, obviously, to Porter Novelli for, you know, allowing us to, dis- to discuss this really, really important topic. And of course, thank you to all of you out there for tuning in. I really hope you got something out of this podcast. And, you know, I look forward to the next opportunity to spend some time with all of you. But until then... Wash your clothes in cold, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks so much, Gideon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gideon.